We're so glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message from Bethel Worship Center. Uh, we pray that it blesses you wherever you are in your faith journey. Uh, we do want to let you know that we are open. Our campus is open. Uh, we invite you to go to bwccamden.com. Uh, you can find out everything that we're offering right now at this time and in this season. So make sure to, to, to go there and find the ways that you can stay up to date with everything happening at Bethel Worship Center. But again, uh, wherever you are in your faith journey, whether you are uh, exploring more about faith, learning who Jesus is, learning about God, uh, you're new in your walk with Jesus Christ, or you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, we pray that today's message blesses you, it encourages you, it equips you. So God bless you. Thank you again for taking part. That as well. You can go ahead and go to Exodus chapter 32. We're going to jump back in Exodus uh, this morning as we're continuing our series on how to get through what you're going through. And with part two today, I don't know if anybody else is like me, but when you're at home and you're sitting in your chair, you finally got to sit down for a few minutes at the end of the day, you turn the TV on. I don't know if you're like me and you're sitting in that chair, you want this to have in your hand. I don't know if you're like, when I sit down, if, before I even sit down in the chair, I want to know where this is. And if it's not where I want it to be, then I'm asking, where is the remote? This table right here by the chair. That's the place to put the remote. I don't know why it's in the couch cushions. I don't know why it's under it. I don't know why it's in the kitchen. I don't know why it's thrown over here. When I want this, I want it there. That speech doesn't work. I give it 150,000 times. It doesn't work. But I like this. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that sense of control. I don't know if it's just the fact that I like to have something in my hand, right, when I'm sitting there. And something to hold on to. I don't know. When you go out. Nowadays, when you're out, you family, you and your spouse, whatever, you're out, you by yourself. You go eat at a restaurant, you're just walking around. Uh, you know, I, typically you look around and what do you see? You see people holding these, right? They're in their hands, they're looking. Even when they're sitting at a table with people, they've got these and they're doing this, right? I don't know. What is it about that? We, is it, we want something to hold on to, right? We like to have something to hold on to, it seems like. When you watch TV shows and, and movies and you see the birthing scene taking place and, with a couple and the woman's there and she's holding the husband's hand, right? Until his knuckles are white knuckle because she's squeezing so hard, but she's got to have something to hold on to. I've taken my kids to get there, you know, to the doctor and they've had to have things done. Uh, uh, the doctor, especially when they're little, the doctor told them, grab onto mom and daddy, grab onto whoever, grab onto mom, grab onto dad, hold on to them. Because they know that kids like something to hold on to. Griff got cleated this week uh, at uh, baseball practice. Knight's little gash on his foot. Took him to the doctor. They were gluing him up. And I, I looked at him. I said, you want to hold daddy's hand while they do that? <laughs> uh, he rolled his eyes. He's a man now, right? Uh, anyway, we like something to hold on to. Last week, we started this series on uh, how to get through what we're going through. And we... We said that our faith can go through different levels. Scripture tells us we go from faith to faith. And we said that we have the, when we come into a relationship with Christ, we experience God, we've got this new faith, this newfound faith. And this faith is an exciting faith. We have a lot of joy in this. We, we, we're, we have a lot of gratitude. We can feel our prayers working. We see the benefit of obeying God with this new faith. And then all of a sudden something, hap- something happens in our life and that faith gets challenged. And then we begin to walk through this moment of a challenged faith, right? And, um, 
And this is that time where fears begin to emerge, where doubts begin to grow. We wonder if our prayers are working. We wonder if there is any benefit to following God whatsoever, because we don't feel a lot of joy. We don't feel a lot of gratitude because of what we're going through. Our faith is being challenged. But we said that it's in those moments of challenged faith that can lead us to a living faith. This faith that is deep in in God, this faith that abides in him, that does what the, the apostle of the early church, the brother of Jesus, James said in his uh, epistle, when he wrote in James chapter one, to consider every opportunity uh, every trial, when we face trials to consider those op- as opportunities for joy. When we look at those and we see them, we're saying, God, what do you have on the other side of this for me? In the same way that Christ saw the cross and he didn't just look at the suffering, although he knew it was evident, he saw the joy on the other side of it in the fact that it offered us life and life more abundantly. So he said, how we get through what we're going through matters. We said how we respond to the things that happen in our life can set the trajectory for us going forward. And we began looking at the Israelites. We began looking at what was happening in their life in, in, uh, in Exodus. And we saw that how God began to move and began to work as they were slaves in Egypt. And we said the way that they were handling this, how they were responding to this moment. We saw in Exodus chapter 3 that they were crying out to God. They were crying out to God in their need. God, I need you. God, we need you. We can't get through this without you. We are desperate for you to move in the situation that we are facing. We need you, God. And they cried out to him. And we saw this beautiful scripture where God spoke to Moses and said, I've seen their struggle and I am concerned over what they are facing. I'm concerned about their suffering because it comforts us to know that God knows what we're going through. He sees that and he's concerned about our struggles. But then we said that God began to rescue them. And even in their rescue, they saw a challenged faith and they began to, uh, to respond differently in these moments. They almost became entitled in their faith and they began to respond by complaining about how God was handling the situation. Almost with this mindset of saying, God, I don't deserve it to be done this way. I think you should do it this way. And we said, that's not how we should respond. We need to remember, always keep crying out to God. Don't ever let our cries become complaints and how we see God handling the situation. Today, we're going to see that they're still dealing with their faith in a moment of challenged faith. And we're going to continue to look at how they're responding to this and how they're dealing with this. Where we are today, Moses has gone up on a mountain and he has been spending time with God. He's been away spending time with God, which is good for any leader to do to spend time with God, to get into God's presence. Well, he had been gone for 40 days and 40 nights, the scripture tells us. And I don't know if I was the leader of this group of people, I might've been gone that long too. I don't know. I'm just, uh, just kidding. Uh, that's a joke. Um, so he's up there and they are missing Moses. They're missing him. Uh, Moses is on the mountain. He's hearing from God. The Israelites are in the valley and they're not hearing anything. 40 days before this had happened, we see a few, uh, several chapters earlier is where we see God giving them what we call the Ten Commandments. What we know as the Ten Commandments. The scripture tells us that God uh, showed up and there was a, a cloud over the mountain and there began to be thunder and there began to be lightning and God began to speak and he revealed these things. And it, then it says, it's a, kind of a funny scripture, the Israelites looked at Moses and they said, you can deal with him. You go up there. We're, we're fine not necessarily hearing God in this moment because they were so frightened by the power and the authority 
of God. But now they're not hearing anything. And they get to this place where they're looking for something to hold on to. And this is where we are in Exodus chapter 32. We'll read just a few verses here. But it starts in verse 1. It says, When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. And Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, your daughters are wearing. Bring them to me. And so all the people took off their earrings, brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and he made it into an idol, cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Can we just pause for a moment and think about how impressive that is that Aaron did that? I mean, you know, give him his artistic kudos, right? I mean, he was very creative. They brought him in and he melted and he formed a calf using a tool. Way to go, Aaron. All right. So anyway, then they said, these are your gods, O Israel who brought you up out of Egypt. Now, when Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and he announced, tomorrow there'll be a festival to the Lord, to Yahweh. An interesting statement from Aaron. Let's think about what's going on here. Now, why did the Israelites, why was a calf formed? Why a calf? Why did they do this? uh, A lot of scholars, when you research the the history of all this, when you look at what's going on, when you look at what they came out of and where they were, there were many, there were several Egyptian gods who were formed in the shape of calves. They had probably seen idols that were in this way, that that this was what they were used to. This is what were called idols. There's Canaanite uh, uh, writings that point to a god that was a bull by the name of El, and that's what they call him. But he was formed in the shape of a bull. So this was possibly things going on around them, so they did this. So scholars debate on why the reasoning could be that some of these things. It's also interesting that, that calves that were deities by these other places were considered storm gods which could relate to the fact that God had just spoke to them. And when he spoke to them, thunder and lightning was taking place all around them. So this could be going on in their heads. This is what they know. Let's build this thing. That is a storm God. But it's also, a calf has been used as also a seat or a throne in which a deity would sit, in which a deity would place himself. And maybe it could speak to why Aaron made the statement that he said, tomorrow we have a festival to Yahweh. Because when he says tomorrow we have a festival to the Lord, that's who Aaron is talking. He's talking about the God of Israel. He's not talking about this calf. He says Yahweh. So it's interesting that too, that the two things, the very two things that God had just told them 40 days ago, the very, the very first two things that he told them don't do, As soon as they get into a situation where they don't know how to handle it, they do those very two first things. (laughs) They form an idol out of things of the earth and they worship other gods. That's what they begin to do. And it's interesting to note just a few things, just a few things to note real quick in regards to this whole concept of what's happening. They brought gifts that God had given them And they turned those gifts that God had given them into an idol. God had blessed them with those things. God had allowed them to take those things as gifts when they were rescued out of Egypt. God had blessed them with the blessings that they have. 
How often do we do that in our life? We take what God has blessed us with and without realizing it, we begin to worship the things that God has blessed us with. We put more value. We put more weight on the things that God has blessed us with than we do on the God who gave them to us and allows us to have them. So they're doing this. Another thing that they, the Israelites did is they're impatient in this situation because they can't hear God. They can't see God. So in their impatience, they try to force God's hand. They try to force God to move. Now, listen, there may be moments in your life where God leads you to take a step of faith because God wants to see you move before he will move. But there is a difference between taking a step of faith that God wants you to do for for him to move next than it is for you to do something that's trying to force the hand of God to move in your life. And you typically know the difference when it's like this, when you're trying to do something that's not honoring the will of God. What they were doing to try to force God's hand was not honoring to the will of God. And they also justify what they're doing. Now, as much as humanity changes, (laughs) there's one thing about humanity that doesn't change. And that is our ability to justify the things that we do. We are so good at it. I'm included. I can justify with the best of them, right? So we, we, we are good at trying to turn what we do into a good reason because we just want for these guys and what happens in our life. Often we just want something to hold on to something tangible, but look back at Aaron's proclamation tomorrow. We have a festival to Yahweh. See what's going It's in, I'm wondering what's going on in Aaron's mind while he's doing all this. He's like, he's alone. He, he doesn't have the authority that Moses have has. Uh, and, and, uh, they obviously didn't come to Aaron and say, Aaron, Moses is gone. You need to lead us. So there's something happening in this place. And Aaron's like, is it, is it going through Aaron's mind? Like, this is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. You know, Moses is going to be so mad. This is not going to make God happy. I don't know, but, God, but Mo, whatever it is, he's got this golden calf in front of him while the whole time proclaiming his faith in God is very similar to, to what we will do in our life. The most, most when they go through a season of challenge faith, when, when they see their, their faith tested and things are difficult in their life, they don't necessarily stop believing in God. You know, some will walk away from the faith. But most of the time, the people that walk away from the faith, they're really walking away from a false perception of who God is. A false perception that's been created in their mind by things they've heard, things they're seen. And sadly, often by other believers or people who proclaim to be followers of Christ. So they'll walk away from a false perception of God. But most people would continue to say, I believe in God but I feel that there's something else I need to hold on to, to help me in the situations that I'm going through. See the Israelites, they couldn't handle the silence that that was going on around them by not hearing from God. The Israelites couldn't handle the uncertainty of not knowing what was next and where to go. So they were looking for something to hold on to. And we do this. There's something very interesting that hit me that stands out immediately. And in, in, in with the heart of the Israelites is it seems to be that they were placing more trust and faith in Moses than they were in God who had delivered them. 
Now we really need to note this. And this sounds counterintuitive for me to say as a leader in a church. But our trust can never be more in a leader than it is in God. God gives leaders to help, to guide, to influence, to encourage, to equip. God gives leaders. I mean, we look at this, so we go back to last week. God called Moses to go and to lead. But Moses wasn't the one that delivered them. God delivered them through Moses. But somewhere along the line, the Israelites began to put their faith more in Moses and his ability to lead than in God and his ability to deliver. So yes, trust your leaders, please. But don't trust them more than you trust God. What else can happen in our life? If we, if we take this and make it personal in our life, you know, I don't, we're not building golden calves. At least I don't think so. I've never seen any of you post pictures of, uh, on Facebook or Instagram. I'm not on Snapchat and TikTok. Maybe you're doing it there, but I've, I've never, I've never seen golden calves, you know, being put up anywhere, but what do we, what's our golden calf? What do we do? That thing that we're turning to that we're hoping that's going to make us feel good in that moment and help us escape the situation that we are in. The thing that we turn to before we get on our knees and begin to cry out. You know, for some of us, I mean, it is the bottle. It's drinking. It's, we say, I'm going to go to this because this helps me numb whatever I've been facing in this day. And let's be real, it, not only drinking nowadays, but weed. I mean, as much as it's being legalized all throughout our nation and glorified all throughout our, wor- our world, we're look- people are looking to weed to numb the pain of their situation instead of crying out to God. But it doesn't even have to be something to that extent that's often looked at as, you know, it's either, you know, you're, you're addicted to it or it's negative. It could be something that's not often looked at as something that, that, that can be that way. And it could be entertainment. See, I'll fall prey to this sometimes. If I've got stuff going on and there's difficult things and there's difficult times, I just want to turn off everything else around me and turn on entertainment. I need to laugh. Let me laugh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to waste some time laughing to help me escape the stupidity of what I think is going on around me. Right? So we can do that. Maybe that can be helpful in our life, but that shouldn't be our escape primarily in our life. You know, for some of us, maybe it's food. We're going to eat away the pain. People will do this. For some of us, it's work. I'm going to escape into my work and I'm just going to keep working and I'm just going to keep working and keep working so that I don't have to think about everything else that's going on. But the whole time we're doing these things, we don't realize the hurt that we're causing ourselves and those around us with, with, it could be something as simple as neglect that's not simple, but it could be something as neglect. We're neglecting the ones around us because we're trying to find an escape from the situation that we're in. Instead of getting on our knees and crying out, God, help me face this and still help me to be able to be what I need to be to my loved ones around me. See, we may not be so bold as to say, forget you, God. 
But we want something to hold on to, something that's going to help us get through what we are going through. And that's how we justify it. Well, I do this just, just to help. But are we doing it more than we're turning to God? Are we doing it in a way that's hurtful to our life and to ones around us? So I want to, I want to encourage us today. First, we need to honestly ask ourselves, what do I need to let go of? What do I need to surrender? What is the thing that's, that I'm putting in place of God and holding on to in hopes of it dulling the pain in my life? What is that thing that I need to surrender that I need to give up? Maybe, maybe it's those things that, that we just mentioned. Or maybe, maybe it's a relationship that we're holding on to a friendship or or whatever kind of relationship that we're holding on to in our life. The relationship may not necessarily be toxic, but it is a relationship that we know we need to let go of because we're holding on to that relationship in a toxic way. We're holding on to that relationship in a way that, that we're thinking this relationship is helping me in my life more than God is. Do we, do we need to, do we need to let go of, Spending money and buying things, trying to make ourselves happy by what we buy when all we're doing is hurting ourselves. Do we need to let go of those moments in our private and our secluded lives when we're looking at things explicit that we're trying to replace what we're longing for, intimacy or whatever, and those things are harming us? What is it that we need to let go of? And surrender and say, God, I'm putting too much faith, too much trust in this thing to help me get through what I'm going through. I need to put my trust completely in you. So that turns us from not just what do I need to let go of, but what do I need to begin to hold on to? More specifically, who do I need to begin to hold on to? And that is to God and to the presence of God. Psalm 23 verse 4 The psalmist wrote these words so famous, and you know them, I'm sure. If not, let me share them with you today. Even though I walk through a valley of the shadow of death, which was a real valley in that time, which was not a fun place to walk through. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you are with me. God is with us. See, just as God was on the mountain with Moses, he was still in the valley with the Israelites. And what the Israelites should have done, rather than thinking Moses isn't here anymore, they should have been thinking about the fact and remembering back into Egypt. Moses wasn't with them in Egypt when God delivered them, when God rescued them, when God initially heard their cries. God sent Moses to them. But when God heard their cries, Moses was nowhere around. God was. He heard our cries in Egypt. He'll hear our cries here in this valley. We have to remember that God is right there with us. And yes, God will give you people in your life that will help you hold on to him. So hold on to the people that are helping you hold on to God. The people that you can surround yourself with and pray over the situations that you're facing with in life. The people that you can grow in God's word together in, in your source of strength. The people serve with people. To honor God, to the one that you are holding on to. 
Yes, having something to hold on to helps in our life. But it's important to understand and to know what are we holding on to. I want to share with you a story today of uh, someone who was just baptized just a couple of weeks ago. I want you to hear Brian's story. Brian Stewart, one of the ushers here at BWC, and um, uh, I haven't always been where I'm at today, and, and by the grace of God, I'm here today trying to convince others to follow his path. I've always been a fan, but I haven't always been a follower. Um, uh, I Actually, until I was age 39, I wanted to call myself a fan, not a follower. I had no real, my mother was a Seventh-day Adventist, and uh, we went to church at an early age when we moved from California to uh, Clearwater, South Carolina. We attended church with my father's mother at a Baptist church, and still yet, I was, I was just going. You know, uh, I believed. I can say I've always believed, but I never followed. I just know that in the past, Jesus was there even though I wasn't. Um, and I was uh, nearly electrocuted. That time it was just luck. I was, I was a lucky man. Didn't realize I was a blessed man. And there's been so many more examples of there was Jesus. And at the time, I didn't realize that. I felt like a lucky person. Today, I don't believe in luck. I reached out to God and I made this, this commitment to him that I, I want to get baptized. I'm asking for peace and for comfort. And so I was baptized, and that was my first real attempt at following. After being baptized, I met the woman of my dreams. I had a fairy tale marriage, a truly fairy tale, something I wished everybody, every man could experience, every couple could experience. But then I lost my sincerity, and I didn't, I, I, I strayed, I strayed, and I strayed big time. And then when she left me, I realized what had happened. I, I blame everything on me. I have reasons for why I fell away. I don't have excuses for why I fell away. I did things that I know I shouldn't have been doing. And as a grown man, no matter what goes on in your life as an adult, you don't have an excuse. You may have a lot of good reasons, but you don't have an excuse. And I realize that today, that I did not have an excuse for my behavior. I, I, was, I was worshiping false idols, if you want to call it that. Uh, and they were, they were devastating me, and I knew the whole time I was doing it, what I was doing was wrong. Sometimes... I, I feel like Israel. You know, God gave you everything, but when, when but when something stopped, you said, "Okay." You know, when there was a hard time came up, you said, "Okay, we'll just go worship somebody else because you're not doing anything for us." And He was there the whole time, but their attitude, and that was that was mine. My attitude toward God was, I guess, I was showing I can do this all by myself, and I couldn't. You know, I, I was I was devastated by the fact that my wife left, and I was a mess. I was literally a mess. Um, 
And I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed. And through praying, I've, I've become a happy man again. I'm hoping that through all of this, I can deter one person or give an example to one person that God is always there. He's always there. Just appeal to Him. That's, that's, that's what brought me back was I needed Him. I needed Him desperately. And I've returned. And the, the renewal of my vows, the uh, rebaptism, was basically a way to, to, to say to God, I'm back. I'm, I, I know I strayed. I know I was wrong. And now all I ask is for the same thing that I got before, which was peace and, and, and comfort, you know, heavenly peace. I'm not who I was, and I know who I am. I just want to say, I feel like a magician trying to do this, but it's true. He had, I mean, when he said what he said about worshiping false idols and feeling like Israel and putting someone else ahead of God, that question, I didn't lead him in any way in that. When he, when he got done saying that, I started laughing. I said, brother, you have no idea how the Holy Spirit just led you to say what you said. We did this video before even last week when I started this series, he didn't know where I was going to be in the Word of God. And that's, I, to me, that's just a power of the Holy Spirit. And that story, that's Brian's story, but that is an encouragement for someone today. Because that might just be you. You're holding on to something else. You're putting something else in the place of God. And instead of crying out to God, you're holding on to something else. Corey Tim Boone once made this statement. He said, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off the train. You sit still and you trust the engineer. Such a beautiful illustration of where we should be in our walk and our faith with God moment of challenge faith. We all need something to hold on to, but we need to remember who that needs to be. And remember that when you hold on to God, he, he's holding on to you. He's not letting go. The author of Psalm 63 verse eight said these words. He said, my soul clings to you. You, your right hand upholds me. Your right hand holds me securely. It holds me tight. As you hold on to God, keep in mind, He is holding on to you. He never wants to let you go. He never wants you out of His, out of, out of his grasp, out of His hands. Because He loves you. Hold on to God. He's holding on to you. Stand with me this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word and for this moment. I thank you, Father, for what we can get out of your scripture and and glean from seeing what you have done in history. 
Father, I thank you that you are not just a God of the past, you're a God of the present today. So Father, I pray for every individual in this room. There may be someone in here today and they know in their heart right now, they can think immediately of something that they're holding on to and they don't want to let go of. Because they think that thing is bringing them their ultimate peace and their ultimate comfort and their ultimate joy. Father, if they would just let go of it and seek you wholeheartedly, they'll find that what you can offer them is abundantly more. So in this moment, I just encourage you, if you're in here today, in the stillness of this moment, for you to take just a few minutes, just a few seconds, posture your heart and yourself and begin to confess to God things that you might be holding on to in place of Him. Surrender whatever it is today that you're putting in place of God. Name it and surrender it today to Him. for this moment. I thank you for the beauty of your stillness. God, your word even tells us to be still and know that you are God. Lord, Elisha heard you not in the loud booming storm. He didn't hear you in a great feat of strength. He heard you in the stillness of the breeze in a whisper. So God, I thank you for this moment. Pray today that someone, God, is feeling a release from what they're dealing with just by surrendering what they're replacing you with. We thank you for this today. And I just encourage you, if you let go of something this morning or if you if you verbalize, God, I need to surrender this to you, then I encourage you. That step alone is tough enough. It's not one you want to do on your own said over and over and over before the scripture tells us especially in the new testament countless places of how we need one another we need one another because we point each other to the one who our hope needs to hold on to talk to someone you trust about what you need to let go of and let them pray with you journey together grow together in this moment find someone to help you father we thank you for this day We thank you for this time. We pray that you would go with us, Father. Be with us throughout this week. Help us to continually be transformed in our life, to be made new in you. And help us to be a catalyst for transformation that you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccambin.com. Go to our contact page. You'll find a link there to uh, request prayer or send us anything that you uh, would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word prayer to 803-676-7566. And we will be back in touch with you to find out how we can be in prayer for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a great week.